a couple times ago uh, that I spoke, I was a part of the skit, and I remember walking down, and I go, Dad, I can never do that again. It is so hard to get spiritual after you're doing nonsense. But that was really funny. I haven't laughed like that in a long time, so that was really good, Heidi and Reagan. I was wondering how you're going to pull that one together, Chris. That was, that was pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, before I get going, well, if I can even get going, one second. Uh, before I get going, on the way over here tonight, I was I was driving over and I saw this bumper sticker, and I hate bumper stickers. But in it, because most of them are that like real cheesy, uh, you know, something that's real catchy, cheesy, and you're like, oh my goodness, the coexist ones I hate. But this one says, "Let love be your legacy." I thought I was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of cool. I mean, I guess like you know, people are like, oh, he was loving, you know, I was good and. And I thought about, I'm like, you know, and this is, this is just all for free. This isn't even part of my message. But I thought, you know, love shouldn't be our, leg- our legacy. Jesus Christ in our life should be our legacy, right? And I think love is good, but our legacy shouldn't just be love. Because there's a lot of people that were devils that loved people, right? Because we can go wrong by loving people, but we can't do people wrong by giving them Jesus Christ, right? So that was just for free, though. That was, <laughs> that was for fun. I was, yeah, I said, I was just, I was like, Oh, man. Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you guys about the wilderness. Uh, I, a couple months ago, was reading in Matthew chapter 4, and when Jesus goes into the wilderness and is tried, I fast for 40 days and 40 nights and is tried, and this thought of the wilderness kind of came over me. This is something that the Lord's really been working with me on in my own life. Uh, so to, I hope tonight that this will help some young people. This is primarily aimed more towards young people, uh, but maybe some of you older people will get something out of it. Everybody at some point in their life goes through a wilderness experience uh, of some sort. And everybody knows what the wilderness is. It's, uh, the definition says, well, I didn't, pull it, I didn't put it on here. Oh, here we go. Yes. A unsettledness or undisturbed region. That's really what the, that's what the definition of wilderness is. And so everybody in their, in their life at some point, if you're too young, maybe you haven't been at that point yet, um, but... You're going to go through an unsettled, undisturbed region of your life, something that you've never been through before, something that's been untouched, right? And that could be any form of wilderness, but everybody's going to go through a wilderness in their life. God allows us to go, through a, uh, go to a place of unsettled, undisturbed regions so we can learn to rely on him. Having a wilderness-type experience does not mean you have to literally go to the physical wilderness but tonight I'm speaking on a spiritual wilderness. The wilderness experience in your spiritual life consists of the exact same things as a physical wilderness experience. Anybody ever been in the wilderness before? Yeah? Some of you hunters, right? We got a lot of hunters in here. Hunger. That's like the first one that comes to my mind. That my dad always teases me because he says, you're always hungry. And I am. I am always hungry. I'm a grown boy. Well, I'm no longer really a boy, but I'm still growing, one way or another. Hunger, right? That's something that we really, we really base our life off of is food, especially in America, because it's so prevalent. It's so here, it's now, it's anytime. I mean, we go right here down a, a half mile down the road, and what do we got? We got five different fast food restaurants, right? Food is right now. It's whenever we want it. Hunger is one that I always, whenever I'm going out to the woods, the first thing I always make sure I bring is not a gun, <laughs> 
not toilet paper or first aid or anything. It's food. <laughs> I, you can guarantee if I ever go in the wilderness, I will have food. Thirst, right? Everybody, if you go in the wilderness, you're going to go hunting, what do you bring? Lots of water, right? If you don't bring lots of water, I guarantee you, the one time I've did this before, and I never will do it again, went hunting one time, and I brought one bottle of water. I was thinking, I'm not going to be very long. Well, I ended up being longer than I thought, and I about, oh, half mile into my trip, I already drank the one bottle of water, and I was out of water, and then I was miserable the rest of the time. Being alone, anybody ever been alone out hunting? Kind of a weird feeling. I've been out there a few times, and I've been like, there's somebody watching me. I know it. There's not anybody around for miles, but I know that there's somebody watching me. It's a weird feeling. It's, it's kind of an unsettled feeling, right? It's nerve-wracking. And the fear of the unknown, that's something else. That's why a lot of people hate the dark, right? I mean, me and Parker one time, I was just telling uh, a friend of mine the other day, we went out hunting, and we ended up parking at this one place, and we walked, and we're like, hey, it's still sun out. Let's walk a little further. Walked a little further. We ended up probably about four miles from our truck, and it was pitch black by the time we decided to start heading back. So we walked about four miles in the dark. And there's always this thing of the unknown. What's right around the corner? What's right up the road? This thing I can't see. We, we didn't have flashlights. We had our phones. And anybody ever try to use your phone for a flashlight? It doesn't work very well. I can see about me to the speaker in front of me, right? And you're like, oh, boy, okay, right? You don't know where you're going. There's this unsettledness. There's, you don't, there's this unknown out there, and you fear it. There's a natural fear, right? The Bible speaks of hungering and thirsting, thirsting a lot. Uh, those two things happen when we're in the wilderness, right? But happen happen in regular life, but a lot of times in the wilderness. Those are together a lot. We uh, we way overuse those two words a lot, right? We always say like, oh, "I'm hungry," right? Again, my dad always sees me. You're always hungry, but you know, if you get a little grumble in your belly or you think that. You need food, then all of a sudden, now you're hungry, right? We, are, we, are, we way overuse those two words, but the definitions for those is to desire something earnestly, right? And a couple, couple well, probably a couple months ago, I taught in, in the high school class, and I talked about hunger and thirsting. Those aren't just things that are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. No, it's earnestly, right? It's not, they're not, when, you're, when you've reached the point of actual hunger and actual thirst, there's nothing that's going to keep you from getting those two things, right? I'm a wrestler. I've, I've gone a lot without food, and I've gone a lot without thirsting. There's, whenever you're done, then there's nothing, when you're done cutting weight, there's nothing that's going to keep you from that food bag or the water trough, right? You're going to get it. No, I don't care who's standing in your way, you're going to go get it. Whenever you reach a point where you're so hungry or thirsty after it, there's nothing that's going to stand between you and it. Our biggest problem as young people isn't the initial passion of desire, but it's holding out the desire, sticking with it until the end, to desire it earnestly. No one is preaching this desire message anymore. Like I said, I was speaking to some, some friends recently, and, and they're of different backgrounds and of different churches, and they've gone to churches all really all up and down the state and even across the nation uh, between going to college and whatnot, and I've shared a few little simple things that we preach, that our pastors preach here a lot, and they were blown away, this thought of desire. They never heard it before. <clears throat> One of our favorite verses, Luke 
And he said to all of them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's desire. We have to desire God every day. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Right? Desire earnestly. It's not just this thing of like, oh, I, I want righteousness. Yeah, I kind of want righteousness. You know, kind of got a little grumble in my belly. Maybe I'll go down and get a cheesy roll-up from Taco Bell. No, this is hunger and thirst. Desire earnestly. So then I thought whenever I read that scripture a couple months back, so if you don't hunger and thirst, then what? There is no blessing for someone who doesn't hunger and thirst. Not just one or the other, both. And I think it's unique that, I don't think it's by accident that in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 that it says hunger and thirst. I don't think, I don't think it's by accident. I don't think it's by accident it just doesn't say hunger. For those of you that hunger, I think it's both because it's both aspects of our life that you have to have what to, what to live. You have to have food and water. You can't just have one or the other. You have to have both. So you have to both hunger and thirst after righteousness if you're going to make it. So many, so many people just think God is out there blessing random people. And I'm not saying to not pray for non-Christian people, but God is not blessing those who do not hunger and thirst after righteousness. He's not doing it. Again, we pray for them. We, want, we pray for unsaved loved ones. The Shabundi kids are so good at that. Every week, they're going to pray for the unsaved loved ones. And it's good. Where, where's Weston at? I don't know. There he is. It's good. Pray for unsaved loved ones. But God's not blessing people that do not hunger and thirst. Not just those that aren't Christians. No, it's people that are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. It's not just the guy that sits in the pew on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. It's the guy that sits there and is hungering and thirsting after righteousness. That's something I had to come to a point in my life a couple months ago where I had to figure out whether I desired hungering and thirsting after righteousness or if I was just going to show up to church. Because there is a lot of people that just show up to church that don't hunger and don't thirst after righteousness. The Lord trieth in Psalms Chapter 11 and verse 5, the Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. So God will take you to a wilderness. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But God will put you in a wilderness. God will allow you to go in a wilderness, a spot of unsettledness, untouched region in your life on purpose because he's going to try the righteous. But then there, like I said, God's not blessing the people that don't hunger and thirst after righteousness. He hates those that don't. The spiritual wilderness causes your spirit, spiritual want or wish for the Lord to either become a hunger or an aversion to Christ. I'll say that one more time. Your spirit, the spiritual wilderness will cause your spiritual want or wish to either become hunger and thirst or an aversion to Christ. Because so many people have a spiritual want or wish for, for Christ. They want, oh, I want, I want Jesus in my life. But they don't hunger and thirst after him. They don't hunger and thirst after righteousness. There is not anything in their life that's going to keep them from Christ. They're not there in that, in their, at that point in their life. 
they want or wish. It's where our nation is as a whole, right? We want and wish so many things. I just read this thing today. Somebody put on, I try to keep off of social media as much as possible, but I saw it and said that, you know, we need to wipe out uh, a student uh, loan debt. We need to wipe it out. And they're wanting and wishing this, right? But if you want to get rid of your student loan debt, and this is, this is for free too, go out and work. Or don't get it. Okay? <laughs> your spiritual want or wish isn't good enough to keep desiring God daily. To keep your, your Christian life going forward. Being alone is something a lot of people don't like the feeling of. Right? We talked about that in the spiritual wilderness. And you're in, in the wilderness physically. You don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling. Like I said, I've been out there alone a couple times, and you're kind of like, ooh, this is a little eerie. I don't like this feeling. What happens if there's a mountain lion stalking me? That's where my brain, brain goes to. <laughs> Uncle Austin's kind of grinning. I think he might have been there too. It's so cool. Right? You're like, what if, what if there's a bear, and I don't see him? I was at, we were walking with some friends. There's strength in numbers, right? We always hear that. Walking some, with some friends up by Whiskey Town one time at school field trip, and we got ahead of everybody. We're walking around this corner, and we hear a bear. And we're like, oh, man, we didn't know what to do. We were kind of young, and so we froze. And around this corner came this bear, and it was about me to that little wood thing right there away. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> right? But there was numbers. When you're alone, it's even scarier, even if you do have a gun. You don't want to encounter one of those guys. I don't, at least. It's unsettled, right? You don't like it. It puts you in a position that you're not comfortable in. God puts you through times of loneliness to help you to learn to rely on him. When you're amongst others, there's security in what you're doing. Me and I were just talking about today. There is security within being together with other people, right? Even if you're wrong, if you're wrong, you know who you go to look for? You look for people that are in the same wrongness so that there's comfort in what you're doing. I was telling Dad today, I said, man, I'm so thankful for what you and Pop have done. Because you've stood now for, what, 24 years or 23 years all alone. Nobody backing, no denomination. People, even the people that we were a part of the denomination, they weren't even backing you guys. But God puts you in a, in a spot of loneliness to learn to rely on him, not to rely on your, the people around you. Like I said, whenever you're amongst others, there's security in what you're doing, even if it is wrong. If it's right, there's security in that too. But there's, there's most definitely security. There's a peace when you're amongst other people. There's a comfort in numbers. Strength in numbers. Don't get me wrong, we need plenty, and we should have plenty of strong believers around us. People to support us and, and, and to encourage us. That's, but that's why we need those people around us, is because those are the people that are going to tell you whenever you're wrong, hey, you need to get back on the right track. That's why you have those people in your life. Not to, not to necessarily to, to agree with everything you're doing, because if they're agreeing with everything you're doing, you need to find a different support group. God puts men and women into our life who hunger and thirst after righteousness Again, they put, he puts them into our lives, the people that hunger and thirst. Not just people who, who eh, want or wish Christ. They hunger and thirst for Christ, for righteousness. That you have the choice to follow their example or not. 
Again, we have free will, right? We know that. It's preached here all the time. But we have the choice to choose whether you're going to follow the example of them or to not. Because there's going to be times whenever they say stuff to you that's going to offend you, it's going to make you mad. You're not necessarily going to agree with it, but that's why God puts those people in your life. As young people, one of our other biggest worries in, uh, sorry, in making decisions in our life is the worry of the unknown. Again, relation to the wilderness. Not knowing what's to come or what's ahead. This causes so many people to worry themselves to, and to feel alone and scared. When trusting in the Lord at all times with your whole life, it takes immense amount of faith and not knowing what the outcome is in the struggle. It takes immense amount of faith. It doesn't take very much faith to not trust the Lord with your entire life. To walk through the wilderness and to trust the Lord. It takes very, very little faith to say, well, I trust in you, and then to go out and make your own way. But it really takes faith, like I said, when there is nobody around you. When your friends, your family, the people you grew up with, guys, are sometimes in the God will put you through a wilderness, so that way he can take away those friends and the family and the relationships and the jobs. I, like I said, I had to experience this myself with a job. Because the Lord said, nope. And it put me through a, a wilderness where I was, I was going, God, I don't know. Everything I thought I knew my future was going to look like was wiped out from underneath me. And I'm, in a, I'm in a place of unknownness. I don't think that's a word, but I just made it up. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetous, covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said... I will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalms chapter 23 and verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. We find people all throughout the Bible being in a type of wilderness. The children of Israel coming out of Egypt. David running from Saul. Jesus goes into the wilderness, like I said. John the Baptist was in the wilderness. Moses finds the burning bush in the back of a desert. God's going to separate, like I said, God's going to separate you from ungodly friends and family Jobs and social status that cause complacency and laziness. Relationships that don't bring glory to him. All we do and every decision we make is all for his glorification. Just because you feel you're in a wilderness doesn't mean you necessarily did something wrong either. Like we read earlier in Psalms, it says God tries the righteous. Israel is kept in the desert because of their disobedience to God, but they were led out of Egypt because of their obedience to God. They listened to him by putting the the blood over the doorpost, but when he took them from that horrific situation and performed many miracles all the while, 
whenever they got out and they got to the promised land and he says, go take the land, they disobeyed. And in turn, they spent 40 years wandering around a desert and those who disobeyed never saw the promises of God. The decision you make when you feel like you're in a wilderness is, matters and it's going to cause long-term side effects for your life. But when he takes you to the wilderness and into, or when he takes you from that wilderness into his promises, you are blessed beyond your own understanding. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Whenever you're in a place in your life and you don't know, like I said, it's undisturbed. It's a place you've never been before. God, it's always, in our relationship with the Lord, he's always taken us to those places, right? You're either, coming, you're either going into a trial, you're coming out, or you're in one, right? You're always constantly going to be in some sort of wilderness, some sort of undisturbed place, some sort of region you've never been to before in your life. And whenever, whenever we trust in the Lord, he will make a way in the wilderness, like Isaiah says, and rivers in the desert. And in spots in our life, the desert is dry, right? And spots of our, of our life where we feel so dry, God puts a river in those, in those areas. He'll take you running away as a fugitive to becoming the king of Israel and a part of his family lineage. From wandering as an orphan in the desert to the promised land of God. From a sheep herder in the back of a desert to the leader of the free, uh, for the freedom of millions of enslaved Jews. You have two choices in your spiritual life. And that's to either fight, keep fighting, until the promises of God come to fruition in your life, or to quit. I think it was Dustin that always said, there's two ways to have peace in your life. It's either to surrender or to keep fighting. We have free will, and in the wilderness, or we have free will, and the wilderness is to see what our will is, what our desire is, right? Do we hunger and thirst after righteousness, or do we just have that want or wish? And when we prove our faithfulness to God, he's able to bestow his blessings upon us. In Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, It's speaking of Abraham, and it says, He believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham is able to become the father of many nations because of his belief slash desire and his devotion to God. You see countless times throughout Abraham's life where he is faced in a spot of unknown, right? With Isaac, when he lays Isaac on the altar, he is going to sacrifice the promise that God gave him. And because of his righteousness, because of his desire to pursue Christ, God blesses him. And young people, this is, I, I think probably as you get older, I don't know for sure, but as you get older, I think it's a lot easier to face those, those wildernesses in your life. 
those times of unknown because you've experienced it before. And as young people, sometimes it's really, really easy to get very discouraged. You go, man, I don't, I don't know. I know that God's blessed me this time and that time and this time. Like I said, I'm speaking from experience. But what about this time? This wilderness feels different. This trial feels different. I don't know. It, it, all, these, all these things that come through your mind and you're, and you're you believe in the Lord and you know that he can, you have the power, but there's always this thing inside of you that just kind of is questioning. Is he really watching out for me? But whenever you keep steadfast, earnestly desiring after Christ, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, then you will see the blessings of the Lord be given to you as you prove yourself to him. Abraham isn't the father of many nations until after he proves himself to Christ, to God. This isn't, it's not a very long message tonight, but I want to close in prayer tonight for, for some, some of you young adults. Like I said, I, I was praying and leading up to this, and I feel like this is a really applicable situation because, like I said, I've, I've been in that situation. It's something that, and you're, like I said, either you're going into a, into a trial, you're coming out of one, or you're in one currently. And I want to pray for, for everybody here and, and, and for myself too at times. You know, we, we're all, we're, like I said, we're always going through trials. We're always going through battles. We're always going through this wilderness, this thing of the unknown, right? It doesn't take, like I said, it doesn't take any faith to not trust the Lord. None. To trust him with your whole life, with every decision you make. There's decisions that you will make, and I know the older people can attest to this. There's decisions that you make that you can't, you can't logically think through, but you know that it's the right decision because it's the decision to follow Christ. There's, you read all throughout the Bible, the, the decision to follow Christ, 99 times out of 100, is not logical. We can't reason it because we're not God. So tonight, with every eye closed and head bowed, and I'm not even going to look either because this is between you and the Lord. And you're, and you're saying, Lord, and, and, and at times you can beat yourself up about it. And you say, well, I, I, you have a little doubt kind of creeping, and the, and the devil throws a little doubt at you, and, and, and then next thing you know, you're, 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 man, why am I doubting? Why am I questioning? You know, I, don't, I don't know. But this is between you and the Lord. If you feel like you've been in a spiritual wilderness, you feel like, I don't know, I, I, Rodney, I just, I feel like I've been battling. I, I, I don't know where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm dry, and I, maybe I'm, I'm, I, my hunger isn't quite there. And you just, you want to make a recommitment to the Lord tonight. And you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to learn what hungering and thirsting after righteousness is. Young people, if you want to learn what hungering and thirsting after righteousness is, look at the, uh, the adults around you in our church, the godly men and women. You would say, Lord, I, I want to hunger and thirst after, after you like they do. I want you to, again, I'm not, I'm not even looking, but just make a, a declaration and a promise to yourself and to God right now that you're going to say, from this point forward, I'm going to hunger and thirst after him. Raise your hand up. Slip your hand up. Like I said, this isn't for other people to see. Because like I said, I've been there before. And I just want to pray tonight as we're, as we're ending and, and then Chris come up and 
and finish up the service, but I just want to pray tonight that as we go forward from this point forward, you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to learn what it means to hunger and thirst. Not just this wish or want, this earnestly desiring after you, Lord. So tonight as we close, Lord, I pray, God, that, Lord, you will begin to speak to these young people tonight and, and, and whoever else has been in this situation of this unknownness, God, this, this thing of, of unsettledness, this un, undisturbed region in their life, Lord God, where you're, you've taken them to and, and you're challenging them in and, and maybe there's some questions and some doubts coming into their life, God, and they don't really know how it's going to end up and they don't know where they're going necessarily, Lord, but I want tonight... As they make this declaration towards you and this promise towards you and, and, and to, to themselves, Lord, you promise, Lord, as we seek you, Lord, you will answer, Lord God. And, and so as we seek you tonight, Lord, and as we make this commitment to you, God, Lord, answer it. Lord, and from this point forward, God, that there will be this thing birthed within them and, and myself, Lord, to, to continually to not become lazy, Lord God, and, and where we're at in our relationship with you, Lord, but this continual earnest desire to know more about you, God, and to grow in you, Lord, and to grow in our trust and our faith in you, God, because it takes immense amount of faith. But Lord, you promised, Lord, that when, whenever you, we pray, Lord, you answer. And so, Lord, as we put our faith into you, Lord God, I know that you will answer. Because, God, you are the only faithful one. We will be let down by men and by women, but, God, you will never let us down. So, Lord, as we as we leave here tonight and going forward, this isn't, a, this isn't an altar call or this is, a, this is a decision that you're making and you're saying, you know what? I'm going to learn what it means to earnestly desire. Lord, and I know that these things that, Lord, unless we desire after you, God, nobody could talk. I can't talk anybody into it. But Lord, birth something in their hearts tonight. You know me pray. Amen. Chris.